Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, August 7th, and we start with local news. Spring Hill police have arrested John Hogue, 58, of Spring Hill after an investigation into the sexual assault of two children at Walmart. Officers were called to Walmart on August 3rd to investigate an alleged sexual assault of two children who were siblings ages 11 and 13. The complainant told officers that the suspect was still in the parking lot. Officers located the suspect's vehicle and were able to detain him for an interview. During the course of the investigation, officers developed probable cause to arrest Hogue, and he was charged with aggravated sexual battery, sexual battery, and assault. The alleged assault occurred inside the store while the family was shopping. Hogue was transported to the Williamson County Jail for booking. A federal grand jury returned a five-count indictment on July 24th, charging two Lawrence County Sheriff's deputies with federal civil rights and obstruction offenses stemming from their use of unlawful force during the arrest of a 61-year-old man. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division, U.S. Attorney Henry C. Leventis of the Middle District of Tennessee, Assistant Director Luis Casada of the FBI's Criminal Investigation Division, and FBI Special Agent in Charge Douglas DePodesta made the announcement. According to the indictment on August 5th of 2020 in Giles County, Sheriff's Investigator Zach Ferguson and Deputy Eric Caperton threw the victim to the ground, struck him multiple times in the head, and caused his head to strike the pavement. As a result of these actions, the victim suffered serious injuries. The indictment further alleges that the defendants attempted to cover up their misconduct by filing false reports. Finally, the indictment alleges the defendants obstructed justice by falsely telling criminal investigators that the victim's upper body never touched the ground during the arrest and falsely claimed that the victim's injuries were caused by punches that Ferguson delivered while the arrestee was still inside his van. If convicted, the defendants face a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison for the excessive force charge and up to 20 years in prison for the obstruction charges. A federal district court judge would determine any sentence after considering the U.S. sentencing guidelines and other statutory factors. The FBI Memphis Field Office investigated the case. Assistant U.S. Attorney Roscoe Dean and Special Litigation Counsel Michael J. Songer of the Civil Rights Division's Criminal Section are prosecuting the case. Columbia City Council revisited plans for a project to reflect the city's presidential history while updating a piece of land into a new landmark for citizens to visit. The Pokes at Preservation Park project was first introduced in 2019, where a lease agreement was approved by the Murray County Commission. The project, however, was delayed the following year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It has since been scheduled to start sometime in 2023. The idea was to take Preservation Park, located at the intersection of West 7th and North High Street, across from the James K. Polk Home and Museum, and give it an upgrade, with a little more to commemorate its location in regard to Columbia's history. This includes replacing the park's benches and fountain, redoing the brickwork, as well as memorializing James and Sarah Polk as bronze statues commissioned to local sculptor Jennifer Grisham. We are looking to update that corner, take out the old brick and put in some new brick along the wall surrounding the park, replacing the fountain as well as landscaping and installing city historical markers, city manager Tony Massey said. 
Preservation Park was originally donated to the city in 1995 by the Murray County Historical Society. The council will vote later this month on the project's lease agreement, which carries a term of 25 years at a cost of $1 per year. That wall will have a veneer stone added to the face of it on both sides, as well as a capstone, Public Works Director Jeff DeWire said. We plan to incorporate that same veneer stone with what's currently under the existing fountain, because now what you see is just raw concrete that's exposed along the perimeter of the circular wall. Everything will match and tie in nicely, he said. DeWire added that the stone will be similar to the fountain located at the intersection of North Main and Sixth Streets in Columbia. Tourism and Marketing Director Kelly Murphy said she hopes the project will move swiftly and that an official opening can be organized later this year to commemorate the park. We are hoping to have the bronze statues completed so that we can have some sort of opening at the first part of November around the time of President Polk's birthday, Murphy said. On Friday, Kittrell's Cars held their 40th anniversary in Mount Pleasant. WKOM WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the event and learned about the history of that business. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. I'm at Kittrell's Cars. If you've ever driven through Mount Pleasant, you've seen it. They are having a grand opening and ribbon cutting today and a party going on. They've got hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, all sorts of good desserts. And got a tent up, and so they're just having a big time. They are celebrating the uh, 40th anniversary of Kittrell's Cars right here in this location. Ben, uh, Kittrell's Cars was founded by your father, James Kittrell, 40 years ago. Tell us about it. Uh, yes, he started this 40 years ago, and uh, we are, it's been a family business the whole time. We've, we've uh, probably about 30% of the employees are family, and we've just grown to take care of the community. It's taken care of us, and it's been a great ride, great 40 years. So That's awesome. Well, I mean, all I have to do is look around. I can tell that you offer previously owned cars and trucks. What's your special place? What, what's, what do you think that you like to offer that perhaps other folks don't offer? Uh, my favorite thing is something affordable but but dependable. That's that's what we strive to do. If, if it's affordable and dependable, it's going to work great for us and for our customer. And it just it doesn't get any better than that. The problem we're having is affordability at this point. With COVID hitting and all that, everything has went crazy. And we're still trying to keep cars as cheap as possible, but it's we do best we can. That's amazing. Now, this is... You've grown over the years. Uh, of course, I assume you joined your dad in the business at some point. And uh, you've grown. You've got locations in other places. Tell us about that. Well, it's been really good to us. It seems like we put a new location in, and it doesn't take long, and it's busy, and we sell a lot of vehicles there, too. And it just, we continue to grow and see a need for more lots, and it's great. Now, where are those new locations? The newest one is in Lawrenceburg. It's only been there a couple of years. It's called Kitchell's Cars of Lawrenceburg. Uh, before that was Kitchell's Cars of Columbia. It's in Columbia, Tennessee. It's at the old Columbia Camper Place. And then our other lot is Fritz Auto Sales. It's on the south side of Mount Pleasant. Wow, that's amazing. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Kittrell's Cars, this family-owned business founded by the Kittrell family, still operated by the Kittrell family, and uh, they're having a party here, folks. Uh, ben, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. 
Decked out in his Air Force bomber jacket, motorcycle helmet, and aviator sunglasses, Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman delivered a brief synopsis on the state of the city of Spring Hill to the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce last week, as if he were maverick of Top Gun. Following a movie trailer-like introduction, the, mo- the mayor spoke on topics such as infrastructure improvements and capital projects, among others. With traffic being top of mind for anyone who is even an arm's-length relationship with the city, Hageman updated business owners on six projects the city is working to improve. Among the projects updated were the Interstate 65 interchange, widening of Buckner Lane, and Main Street. One of the issues the city is working to resolve is traffic congestion, Mayor Hageman said. We want the best flow of traffic there can be. One of the ways to accomplish the best flow of traffic on an interchange is to use the diverging diamond design, which is what will be used at the June Lake exit. Additionally, improvements will be made to US-431 to go along with what has already been completed at Buckner Lane. Over the next couple of years, Buckner Lane will continue to be upgraded all the way to Duplex Road with five lanes, a multi-use path on one side and sidewalk on the other. It is well-planned, it is funded, and a bid opening for the north section from Buckner Road to Austin's Way at Summit High School will be August 16th. The next section from Summit High School south to Duplex Road bid opening will be in November of 2024, Hageman said. I am known around the office as a smart growth guy. This is smart growth because we can't do everything at once, but rather as funds are spread out. This is incredibly well-planned, he said. There's $35 million budgeted for the project, but inflation could increase those costs, but noted the city has planned for that as well. As for the update to Main Street, he reiterated the road is a state road and the city cannot control anything in regards to improvements other than contributing funds. Tennessee Department of Transportation has the authority to disperse funds statewide. Memphis has their own Highway 31. Chattanooga has their own 31. This is a lot where politics come into place, he said. Who gets priority? We have people that are constantly approaching them to tell them Spring Hill needs this done. We are confident that it is going to get done, but it takes time and effort, he said. The city receives funding from federal dollars each year for road projects and has consistently placed them into the funding balance to be used on that project. Hageman said the fund is at around $3.1 million currently. We're going to use that for design and rights-of-way acquisition cost, he said. Before the presentation, while updating business owners about the progress being made on housing developments, Jack Mayer of John Mayer Builders pledged up to $100,000 for the completion of the weight room at the new Spring Hill Police Headquarters building. The weight room was cut from the initial building due to budget concerns, but Mayer said they are excited to be able to give back to the department. It's amazing how well Chief Don Bright has been able to keep our city safe with the amount of growth we've seen over the years, and they deserve this. Jack said as he shook Bright's hand. Growth has not only skyrocketed with residents, but Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce Executive Director Rebecca Melton also noted the chamber grew to more than 500 members over the last month. Mayor said his dad, John, recalled being at chamber meetings around a dinner table with only a handful of other members. Spring Hill is estimated to have more than 55,000 residents in 2023, after the 2020 census counted just over 50,000. Columbia State Community College is pleased to announce the artist roster for the 2023-2024 First Farmers Performance Series season. We're excited to share the stellar lineup of talent for the 2023-2024 Performance Series, said Dr. Janet F. Smith, Columbia State President. 
We've crafted this season with you in mind, and we cannot wait to present these world-class musicians and artists to you and our community, she said. This season's performance series is a fabulous mixture of different genres, all with the goal of providing family-friendly opportunities to explore the arts, said Bethany Lay, Columbia State Vice President for Advancement and Executive Director of the Columbia State Foundation. Opening night, October 19th, features The Great Dubois. The Great Dubois' variety show is a fast-paced, hilarious performance for all ages. It showcases incredible feats of juggling, hula hoops, unicycle, aerial, circus stunts, contortion, magic, and audience interaction. Simply put, this is the most unique two-person variety show you will ever see. Bring the family for a very fun night. November 9 will showcase the Duo Project. The Duo Project, the dynamic celebration of a beloved music genre, features five engaging stars from Smash Broadway hits and their all-star band. Bring the family and get ready to experience a fantastic evening of the greatest music in American pop history. On December 14th, Jake Shimabukuro will ring in the holidays. Jake Shimabukuro, ukulele master and jolly ambassador of Aloha, and his talented team will share a musical gift for all this holiday season. Bring the family and join in the celebration. Performing on February 15th is Steep Canyon Rangers. The Steep Canyon Rangers are big players in the bluegrass and Americana music scene today, and their performance is sure to be unforgettable. Bring your family and experience this talented team of musicians. On March 14th, Shane Prophet will perform. Country singer-songwriter Shane Prophet went from punching the clock for the city of Columbia to rocking sold-out crowds at the Ryman and standing ovations at the Grand Ole Opry. Bring your family for a hometown celebration of Shane and his music. And closing the series on April 18th is John Oates. John Oates, member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and best-selling singer-songwriter, will share an acoustic evening of songs and stories. Bring the family and experience John's world-renowned talent. Tickets go on sale August 21st at 9 a.m. at www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance series. Tickets for each performance are $35 each, which includes all fees. Individuals may also contact the Performance Series ticket line at 931-540-2879 Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. On performance nights, the box office opens at 6 p.m. in the Kenneth and Ramona Cherry Theater, located in the Wayman L. Hickman Building on the Columbia campus. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. and all shows begin at 7. The Columbia campus is located at 1665 Hampshire Pike in Columbia. For more information, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash performance series. Join the City of Columbia and Columbia Fire and Rescue as they conduct their annual 9-11 Memorial Ceremony located at Firefighters Park at 1000 South Garden Street at 8 a.m. on Monday, September 11th. Local leaders will honor the brave men and women of emergency services. The public is invited to attend. Marie Alliance and CoWork Incorporated have partnered together to offer a 12-week boot camp led by Piton Consulting designed for entrepreneurs who are ready to take their business to the next level. The Mule Forest Entrepreneur Boot Camp is a transformative program designed to equip you with the essential tools and skills necessary to propel your business to new heights. During this business development program, Piton Coaching will guide you through a thought-provoking journey that will help you grow your business from infancy to expansion. By the end of this program, you will have the tools you need to become a more efficient and effective business owner with greater levels of impact and influence. 
Session dates are August 15th through October 24th, every Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at the Marie Alliance Building, located at 106 West 6th Street in Columbia. The cost is $300. $150 will be refunded back upon completion of the course. To learn more, go to www.murrayalliance.com forward slash muleforce. The Murray County Fair will return on Thursday, August 31st and run until Monday, September 4th of 2023. All the family fun and entertainment you love will soon be back. This year, the fair festivities begins with a rodeo taking place on Thursday of Fair Week. Several other popular events will be happening like the junk car jump and run and the Saturday motocross races. In addition to the back arena fun, all your favorite animal shows and exhibitor competitions are back this year too. The Kids Zone will see a variety of live, exotic animals and science shows that will amaze kids of every age. For more on the fair and updates, visit www.murraycountyfair.com. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Betty Ruth Adams Bigsby, 85, retired waitress for Western Sizzlin and a resident of Columbia, died Friday, August 4th at Murray Regional Medical Center. A graveside service will be conducted on Saturday, August 12th at 11 a.m. at Rose Hill Cemetery. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help, gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have considerable cloudiness today with a straight thunderstorm possible. The high will be around 86 degrees with with winds out of the west-southwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect some passing clouds and a low of 66. Winds will be out of the northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association. Funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm your host, Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee Representatives Justin Pearson and Justin Jones, who became Democratic heroes as members of the Tennessee Three, reclaimed their legislative seats last Thursday after they were expelled for involvement in a gun control protest on the Tennessee House floor. The young black lawmakers were reinstated by local officials after being booted from the GOP-dominated statehouse, but only on an interim basis. They advanced Thursday through a special election to fully reclaim their positions. Both faced opponents in districts that heavily favored Democrats and easily defeated them according to unofficial results from the Tennessee's Secretary of State's office. 
Jones, who lives in Nashville, was up against Republican candidate Laura Nelson. Meanwhile, Pearson from Memphis faced independent candidate Jeff Johnston. I think if we keep running this race, there will be victory after victory after victory, Pearson said to supporters on Thursday. He stressed that his victory was largely possible due to black women and the organizing work that they had done to make him and other politicians successful. Thursday's election came as lawmakers are preparing to return to Nashville later this month for a special session to address possibly changing the state's gun control laws. While Jones and Pearson's re-election to their old posts won't make a significant dent to the Republican supermajority inside the legislature, they are expected to push back heavily against some of their GOP colleagues' policies. Jones and Pearson were elected to the State House last year. Both lawmakers flew relatively under the radar, even as they criticized the Republican colleagues' policies. It wasn't until this spring that their political careers received a boost when they joined fellow Democrat Republic Representative Gloria Johnson in a protest for more gun control on the House floor. The demonstration took place just days after a fatal shooting in Nashville at a private Christian school where a shooter killed three children and three adults. As thousands of protesters flooded the Capitol building to demand that the Republican supermajority enact some sort of restrictions on firearms, the three lawmakers approached the front of the House chamber with a bullhorn and joined the protesters' chants and cries for action. Republican lawmakers quickly declared that their actions violated House rules and moved to expel their three colleagues, an extraordinary move that's been taken only a handful of times since the Civil War. The move briefly left about 140,000 voters in primarily black districts in Nashville and Memphis with no representation in the Tennessee House. Ultimately, Johnson, who is white, narrowly avoided expulsion while Pearson and Jones were booted. House Republican leaders have repeatedly denied that race was a factor in the expulsion for hearings. Democrats have disagreed, with Johnson countering that the only reason that she wasn't expelled was due to her being white. The expulsions drew national support for the newly dubbed Tennessee Three, especially for Pearson and Jones's campaign fundraising. The two raised more than $2 million combined through about 70,400 campaign donations from across the country. The amount is well beyond the norm for Tennessee Republican legislative leaders and virtually unheard of for two freshman Democrats in a super minority. Meanwhile, more than 15 Republican lawmakers had funneled cash to fund campaign efforts of Jones's Republican opponent, Nelson. Nelson has raised more than $34,000 for the race. Pearson's opponent, Johnston, raised less than $400 for the contest. Thursday's election will also influence two other legislative seats. In Nashville, community organizer Afton Bain and former Metro Council member Anthony Davis were vying to advance to the general election for a House seat in a district in the city's northeastern court region rather, that opened after Democratic Representative Bill Beck died in June. Meanwhile, in East Tennessee, Republican Timothy Hill faced Democrat Lori Love in a general election for Republican-leaning District 3. The seat was left empty when former Republican Representative Scotty Campbell resigned following a finding that he had violated the legislator's workplace discrimination and harassment policy. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. (laughs) 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Parnassus Books will be hosting former NFL player and author Michael Orr for a book signing event on Thursday, August 10th. Orr will be signing books of his latest book, When Your Back's Against the Wall, Fame, Football, and Lessons Learned Through a Lifetime of Adversity, starting at 6.30 p.m. Admittance to the line will be first come, first serve, and the line will begin forming at 6 p.m. Tickets, which admit one person to the signing line, are $31 each and include a signed, personalized copy of When Your Back's Against the Wall. No other items will be signed, and additional copies of the book will be for sale. When Your Back's Against the Wall is described as an inspiring and motivating book on overcoming any obstacles, no matter how tough the odds. It is his second book, following his 2011 memoir, I Beat the Odds, From Homelessness to the Blind Side and Beyond. Many people know Orr as the subject of Michael Lewis's 2006 book, The Blind Side, Evolution of a Game, and the subsequent hit 2011 movie adaptation, The Blind Side, starring Sandra Bullock in an Oscar-winning performance. Orr was named an All-American at Ole Miss as a junior and was then drafted in the first round in 2009 by the Baltimore Ravens. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens during his rookie season. After five seasons with the Ravens, Orr signed a four-year, $20 million contract with the Tennessee Titans. However, he only played one season with the Titans, then two with the Panthers before retiring. Orr now lives in Nashville with his wife Tiffany and their four children. You can learn more and get tickets at www.parnassusbooks.net. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOMWKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.